This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Blue Wire. We are very number one at basketball podcasts. No one is better than us. Thank you to every other basketball podcast because you are not unsalvageable. And a three, and a two, and a one. <laughs> unsalvageable a utah jazz podcast part of the blue wire podcast network with me sarah todd jazz beat reporter for the deseret news and as always my co-host greg foster i'm back from a long trip greg and i'm tired i'm very very happy that you (laughs) don't have children yeah me too buddy (laughs) you and me both i'm really happy though that you were able to go to our beloved city Philadelphia. It was a good time. I had a really good time there. I got to stay an extra day and see some people that I love. And uh, you got drinks at Tattooed Moms. I got to I got to go to a lot of places that I don't want to talk about to make you sad. I'm going to be there though. I'm actually yeah. going back for the first time in eight years. It's um, going to be so in good. March, and I'm I am absolutely thrilled. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm very excited for you. Hello, listeners. Happy holidays. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Tis the season. Tis the season. And we are f***ing joyous. Couldn't have said it better myself. (laughs) Before we get to some specifically jazz stuff, let's kind of take a a walk through the league a little bit. It's been a while since we talked about the NBA. And some big NBA stuff is happening. Tonight, as we record this, Steph Curry broke the all-time three-point record and he did shooter (laughs) and he did it in in madison square garden his dad was there reggie was there ray allen was there everyone was there the whole crowd was cheering uh really great stuff records are meant to be broken and i tweeted it out and i'll say it here on the pod uh we need to start thinking of steph curry as the top 10 player of all time especially when it comes to his impact on the game of basketball. Like when Ray Allen set the record, it just kind of seemed inevitable. And I don't mean that as like a knock on Ray Allen. It's just, he was that good of a shooter for that long. Steph comes along and is that good of a shooter. And then some while also completely changing the landscape of the NBA. Yeah. Like Like, the idea of space and pace basketball was around, mm -hmm. but until Steph Curry and what the Warriors did with him space and pace, the way the Warriors do it, Mm -hmm. change the game. Yeah. Like they took the idea of like the seven seconds or less Phoenix suns. Right. The D'Antoni offense. And yeah. And perfected it. Yeah. And, and, and 
Steph Curry is the cornerstone of that. It's not only like the the sheer volume of three-pointers he makes, it's the way that he makes them. It's the way that he can dance on the perimeter and just get six inches of space on a seven-footer and still hit a shot. It's the shots and clutch moments. I mean, I think all of us as NBA fans remember the shot he hit against Oklahoma City in that that regular season game. Bang! Um, yeah, Bang. one of the one of the all time great plays in NBA history. One of the all time great calls by Mike Breen. Yeah, like there has never been a Steph Curry before, and I'm not sure there ever will be another one like him. I don't know, maybe with the way the game is is changing and evolving, maybe there will be another one. But I think ultimately the point I'm getting at is let's like we gotta just in, enjoy greatness while while it's here. I say the same thing to people when it comes to players like LeBron James, you know, and I hear people again, my my NBA fan voice of LeBron James couldn't last in the 90s. It's like well, first of all, you're stupid. Second of all, who cares? Because he's playing right now. And let's just like enjoy greatness. No one's Same asking thing. to play in the night. None of the guys yeah. in the 90s would have been able to hang with a, like a, a team that's trying to get off a shot every first five seconds in a shot clock. And they're Could running them to absolute death. And they were taking no days off. Like, they, yeah, careers would Could have been you, broken. Could you imagine Mark Price trying to guard Stephen Curry? <laughs> yeah. It's, I mean, like, like I hate like, comparing eras of basketball. That's not an argument that I ever think is legitimate. Yeah. I had a guy tell me today. He didn't think Larry bird could last in this era. I mean, I just said, I don't like comparing eras, but like, I know, I know Larry, Larry touches a, touches a heartstring. I love Larry. Larry bird is perfect. I know you, we've talked about, you've talked about your dreams. <laughs> I have a recurring dream where me and him become best friends because I help him change a tire. <laughs> and you drink, you drink sweet tea in French Lake, porch, Indiana. In French Lake, Indiana. I love it. I love it. It's great. It's a beautiful dream. It it's needs beautiful. to be like that's like a movie that needs to be like filmed by Kevin Costner. Oh, please. That's beautiful. Um. Anyway, back to back to Steph. Yeah, just an incredible player, an incredible shooter one of the 10 greatest players to ever play the game of basketball. And it's just, it's amazing. Cause like he came in the league and the, people were like, Oh, he's not going to be able to get a shut off. He can't, he can't shoot. He can't stay healthy. And he's just, he's become transcendent and he's absolutely changed what it means to be an NBA basketball player. Yeah. And like you were talking about the, the speed of his release, I think this was probably 2014, maybe even 2015, I think it was Chris Ballard when he was at Sports Illustrated. He wrote, I'm, I'm pretty sure it was him. He wrote a story and it was about the the quickness of the release and how many like tenths of a second quicker it was than like any other three-point shooter. Uh -huh. And the release point and like the the lack of distance between where he caught it and where he released it. It's just like all these tiny little details that just all come together and mold for Steph Curry is it, just like it's he was built to be this basketball player yeah and none of that is like 
by happenstance either. No, not at all. All of that is done through hours and hours and hours of practice. Yeah. And like like the man, the man, like sure. Steph Curry is the, the son of a division one volleyball player. He is the son of a NBA basketball player. And he's had all sorts of privileges. He worked his ass off. But yeah, at the end of the day, the man works harder than just about anybody in the league um and it's completely paid off and you know all we can really do when when you when it comes to Steph Curry is doff our hats like what a, what a pleasure to be able to watch this man on a daily basis yeah and to any like for anyone who might think that like he doesn't work hard or as hard or harder than others uh, I saw a quote from Deer and Fox actually earlier today he was talking about something completely different but he was like <laughs> I'm, I might be quoting this directly. He said, motherfuckers don't make it in this league by not trying hard. Yeah. Done. The there end. Are like, there are very few players in this league who can just like throw their sneakers on and like be a great basketball player. And, and the, the list, one... the list pretty much starts and ends with Wilt Chamberlain. Yeah. And the ones who don't try hard, <laughs> Ben Simmons. <laughs> are somehow not playing right now yeah not in the league great stuff for Steph outside of Steph uh today and for the last few days a lot of not so great news for the league because so many players are in the health and safety protocol either testing positive for COVID or coming in contact with a confirmed case everyone has COVID Omicron be real bro even just outside of basketball, folks, please. I know the holidays are coming up. Families are going to be getting together. Please be careful. Get, get your fucking shots. Yeah. I'm I'm so tired of having to talk about this. Shit. Like it, it just, just we're not have- going to get any sort of, of help from anyone. It's it's certainly on the individual, and it is your individual responsibility to take care of yourself and the people around you. And if doing it for yourself is not good enough, do it for the people you love. Yep. Yeah. Because, like, I just watched the Raptors play the Nets. The Nets won, but the Nets also had eight players. Yeah. Like, this is... I actually told a bunch of Australians this morning on, like, a TV spot thing that I did (laughs) to take the Raptors. (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) Whatever. I like the Raptors. I think Scotty Barnes is cool. I'm not, I'm not supposed to be giving out betting advice, but I did. So <laughs> that's what happens. Well, anytime, if you want, if you want to turn this into a gambling pod, I do um, not. I'm fine. So, so much, so many players. I mean, now we get news that Harden and Giannis are both in the protocol too. And they're both players that should be playing on Christmas day. And if they're in the protocol for the full 10 days or more then like Christmas day games are going to be affected, which like, that's not the end of the world. Like the COVID is the worst problem here. Not the Christmas day basketball games, but like still like, or we're seeing, you know, the nets barely able to field a team. The bulls had games postponed. postponed. And like, I thought we were, we were past the postponement days. Uh, and that was probably naive of me to think that. So here we are again. Here we are again. Here we are again. <laughs> Not great. Yeah. Like even this is, and this is again, this is so much bigger than basketball. Yeah. And this is just like an ultimately a societal failure. 
and the NBA, it's just a microcosm of, of a much, much well, bigger And problem. like, it just makes me so much more worried about everyone else outside of the NBA, because we're yeah. talking about NBA players who are transmitting this. And like, while most of them are asymptomatic because 94% of them or 97% are vaccinated, a much lower percentage of the general population are vaccinated, which means that you're going to have a higher percentage of people that aren't asymptomatic. And so that is very concerning. Especially here in Utah, where we have a fairly low vaccination rate. Right. So again, stay safe and, and do your best out there. What else? Uh, horrible news. Zion's not back. It's looking bad for my man. And it, and it really sucks because um, I'm a huge Zion fan and there are a few players that are more exciting to watch. But like, you know, we hear reports that he's ballooned up to 330 pounds and, you know, he's not he's not watching his weight and he's not he's not taking care of himself. Um and that's super concerning, like as a basketball fan, and even more so, like if you're a fan of the Pelicans or you're part of the Pelicans organization. Um, like I knew the Sean Kemp uh, comparisons were pretty apt. I just didn't think we would get to Cleveland Cavalier Sean Kemp in year three. Yeah, so quickly. <laughs> it's, I mean, if I'm being completely honest, I never really was as high on Zion. And my concerns were not necessarily injury concerns. My concerns were that his defense wasn't going to be good enough yeah, and that he wasn't going to be like, his body is just so weird because it's like, it's like, he's got a LeBron body, but he wants to play at a Steph pace. And like, those things don't work together. I don't, I don't really know how to explain like what it is when I look at him, but then like, if he's not taking care of himself and he's out of shape, then it makes it even worse. I mean, even when he was playing and like, you know, there was a lot of highlights about him and everything, but that defense. Yeah. And that's, that's the thing that's got to be super concerning. And like, there's got to be some pretty loud sirens going off in new Orleans right now. Cause he's, he's missing, he's missed a ton of time. I mean, he's in his third year and he's played like 85, 90 games. I mean, incredibly developmental time. Yeah. And that's the thing, like, this is, this is time away from the game where he could be learning how to play defense, right? Elevating his game, and instead he's uh, allegedly 60, 70 pounds overweight. And like he has, he's had injuries that are super detrimental to big men. Foot, right. and, and knees. The, the foot thing, too. It's like if you're gaining weight and you're trying to come back from that kind of an injury, that, that's, that's the opposite of what needs to be happening. Yeah. And if it's a foot, it's not like you can go to the gym and play ball or run on a treadmill or anything like that. Like, I mean, especially makes... because we're hearing that there's been like, he's been having like extra soreness too. So like, that's the reason they like scaled him back from a return is because like, there's been a regression in the healing process. Yeah. It, it kind of reminds me a bit of like the first couple of years of Joel Embiid. Yeah. And that's super concerning. Um, I hope that he can come back much like Embiid did. I mean, the difference, but the difference there is that like, it's the, it's the style of play, the style of play. Yeah. It's totally different. Yeah. I mean, Embiid is, is super strong and explosive, but like 
he he's also a fabulous shooter and you know also like very proportional yeah very proportional while zion's a bit top heavy he's thick (laughs) he's thick boy he's kind of uh shaped like a dreidel yeah (laughs) um but again i hope i hope he gets back on the court the nba is better when stars are playing zion's a star but like Ultimately, it's on him. Like he's an adult; he's got to get his shit together. I feel like I, I tend to lean towards like medical staff and training staff, yeah, being experts in their fields, you know. And so, and on the rarest, rarest of occasions, do things kind of go sideways with training or medical staffs, or maybe you have people that are giving bad advice or medical opinions. And I, I tend to think that here, like, I think he's probably getting really good advice and really good treatment and whatever's going wrong, like is outside of that. Yeah, absolutely. We should move on. Let's yeah. talk about some, uh, would this be jazz adjacent sure. or is it, is it straight up jazz? I just you- like to, I like, I like to give my condolences to you, to Greg, because you had heroes growing up. Never meet your heroes. Well, especially some of them, <laughs> especially if you were that young. Especially some of them. <laughs> especially at that age. <laughs> and I'm, I'm mad. I'm mad. <laughs> one of those heroes, a Sir John Stockton. Good. <laughs> Listen, he 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 was out spouting some some anti-vax conspiracy theory stuff months ago and he did it again shall i shall i read uh from the outline you go ahead and read from the outline i'm gonna pull up an email that i got from the podcast people okay so um after appearing in a far-right anti-vax documentary called covid and the vaccine truth lies and misconceptions revealed Months ago, uh, John Stockton's reappeared in support of Kyrie Irving's vaccination status. A quick side note, others featured in that documentary include anti-vaccine advocate and conspiracy theorist Robert F. Kennedy, former Overstock.com CEO Patrick Byrne, a chiropractor named Ben Tapper, who touts a widely debunked conspiracy theory about the MR, uh, the Moderna vaccine, altering DNA, and just a whole slew, just a murderer's row of just like right-wing anti-vax psychos he really, then really appeared, tough stuff. yeah he then appeared on i forgot the name of the podcast i don't know two offs and a fucking idiot um it's called the dnp cd sports podcast can't imagine why they didn't play probably because they were in covid <laughs> protocol but uh it, <laughs> colin just turned and looked at me he goes what <laughs> yeah yeah, DNP CVD dash one nine. DNP COVID. Yeah. <laughs> um. Anyway, in the stupid podcast, John Stockton says, "Quote: There's not a chance I would risk any of that to play. My hope would be that other guys would join in, and all of us lock arms, and none of us play." Um, hands across America. <laughs> yeah. Shiny, happy people holding hands uh, in a super spreader event. 
It's so bad. It's it's it is unbelievable Facebook uncle energy from John Stockton. G- give um, me give me the next quote. This one. Yeah this this one this one's great. This is incredible face Facebook uncle energy. In regards to research, Stockton said, "quote I can see it on the internet, and I know people. So indisputable." I can only imagine what John Stockton's YouTube algorithm looks like at this point. Oh it's the same as Kyrie's. He's on the flat earth train. <laughs> yeah. I mean, at this point, I am he's not John Stockton anymore. He's QAnon Stockton. Oh boy. And all I can really say, actually, never mind. I'm not gonna say that. Yeah. I'm not gonna go on record and say that. All I am gonna say is just that, so you guys um, know. I saw what he wrote on the outline and it's not good. <laughs> Think of a Photoshop Draymond Green uh, t-shirt. As you know, as a lifelong Salt Laker, lifelong Utah, uh, lifelong Utah Jazz fan, uh, it hurts and it sucks that the franchise's two best, most celebrated players are, you know, an anti-vax conspiracy theorist uh, and a statutory rapist deadbeat dad. And those are, I mean, those are in- indisputable facts at this point. I think we can just call it rape. Yeah. Fine. He's a rapist. He's a pedophile. He's a disgusting human being. If you want to hear me really go into detail, I I went on Jabari Davis's podcast, Don't Meet Your Heroes, a, a few weeks ago. And the entire episode was centered around Carl Malone. He, yeah, he's, go he's listen a, to that. He's a despicable person. Um, and all I can really say is I think it's about time that we melt down the statues in front of the Vib and, and we use the metal to build a, a giant urinal trough. <laughs> yeah. Turn it into the Oakland Coliseum. <laughs> yep. So I, I got an email from, uh, let's see. I'm not gonna, I'll, I won't give this guy's name out. He's just trying to promote something. I don't know if he knows what he's doing, but. Can, can I say something just really quickly too? Yes. That it, it th- when you juxtapose Stockton's comments with the news today that America has surpassed 800,000 COVID deaths. Yeah. All you can, all, all I can do is just like, just like shake my head and that this is a stance that millions of people across this nation hold. It really makes me feel like we're never getting out of the and and COVID is going to turn into an endemic and not a a pandemic. And I'm going to be getting a goddamn booster shot every six months for the rest of my life. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it sucks so bad because you want, you want to think that like the people who are falling into these conspiracies and are following that line of thinking don't have the access to like the education and information, right? Yeah. And John Stockton has access to everything that he could ever want. He's a multimillionaire. He lives, I'm sure, like walking distance or if not walking distance, driving distance from Gonzaga University where he went to school. But no, like, again, he's turned into a goddamn Facebook uncle, like 50% of this country. Oh, so the email that I got, uh, the 
and this, this will happen sometimes with like podcasts or like TV shows, like when they have someone on that, like is related to what you cover, they'll send out like blast emails and trying to get you to like do a write-up on that episode. Uh, and it gives them PR and like, if it's good, then like we get the clicks for it and stuff. So it, you know, sometimes that's a win-win. I did not respond to this one. Good. (laughs) Uh, He works with Hot Pie Media, a podcast network based in Austin, Texas, and their program DNPCD Sports Podcast just released today, an exclusive one-hour interview with Utah Jazz legend and Hall of Fame point guard, John Stockton, sharing never never before heard stories from his 19-year NBA career, as well as his thoughts on Kyrie Irving, social media, and more. As y'all may know, the 10-time NBA All-Star is known off the court for his privacy and rarely grants interview access, but this was candid and revealing in the dialogue. The episode can be found here and here. We'd love to see if you'd be interested in covering this chat and possibly the podcast as a whole. We can arrange any questions for the DNPCD team if you'd like and can also send more info. My only question for this dumb podcast (laughs) is why are you platforming this dumb and also I, I like that they didn't include his thoughts on Kyrie Irving social media and more it's not like it was it didn't say never heard never before heard stories from his 19 NBA career as well as his thoughts on conspiracy theories how he follows them and how he's urging people to not get vaccinated no I think it's great that the Utah Jazz have the NBA's Alec Jones I think it's great Great. Really, really. You know great what? I'm just going to, I'm going to end it at this. Yes. The entire reason John Stockton didn't get a ring is because he passed up too many good shots. And it <sighs> turns like it, 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 it seems like that's continued even after his career. And all I can say is sucks to suck, to suck. idiot. For our next segment, <laughs> we can move on to something that we can laugh about. Yes. And that is the Timberwolves lost the the Minnesota Timberwolves. You mean the team that's not going to be around in like three years? They lost to the Jazz by 32 points at home. Decided that what they were going to do is take shots at Rudy Gobert in their post-game comments. And it, I cannot explain to you for Minnesota reporters and for jazz reporters that were in the building that night, we went into the media room and we could not stop laughing. We could, nobody could stop laughing. The, all the Minnesota people were like, what is wrong with these guys? Let me, let me give you uh, some tidbits that we got. This is delicious. From Patrick Beverly. He says, if I'm defensive player of the year, I'm always guarding the best player, no matter what I'm not roaming. And it's no discredit to Royce O'Neal or any of the others on their team. But if I'm defensive player of the year, I'm not guarding Royce O'Neal. I'm guarding Mike Conley. I'm guarding Donovan Mitchell. I'm guarding Bogdanovich. You got Rudy Gobert out there guarding Vanderbilt. Every time I hear he's defensive player of the year. So, uh, whatever. Like, if I'm Vanderbilt, I am am publicly slapping Patrick Beverly. The Seriously, it's the first thing that I thought of after I heard that quote. I'm like, did he just take a really cheap shot at Jared Vanderbilt? Who, by the way, Jared Vanderbilt is awesome. He's better at basketball than Patrick Beverly. (laughs) He's awesome. Let me just go ahead and and reiterate what Russell Westbrook said. Pat Bev trick y'all, man. (laughs) Yes. 
Yes. He's just running around doing nothing. The only, <laughs> and the only thing he's doing is running his mouth. So then you get Anthony Edwards and listen, I'm still, love I'm st- still love Ant. Okay. And I, what I love about this comment that he said is that he was being honest, right? Like, and that's what we love from him. And he's, he's just like the most honest, real dude. He's, he's on the cool guy list. The, and I'm not taking anything away from that, but he told on himself a little bit here because he my was man like, needs to get in the film room. He was like, anytime I go up against Porzingis, I don't get no layups. I don't know why we couldn't finish on Rudy Gobert, but he don't put no fear in my heart. I don't know why. So he was saying, couldn't get layups against Rudy Gobert, but he didn't know why because he wasn't scared. But when he goes up against Porzingis, he also never gets any layups. So what you're saying to me is you can't score on one of the worst defenders in the league. What makes you think you could score on the best? I can't score on Kristaps Porzingis is not something that you should be saying to people. <laughs> no matter how true it is. Just a, a why and all of it coming after a 32 point blowout is just like did they just serve sour grapes as the as the post game meal? It was very very weird. I could not stop laughing. Unbelievable stuff. So the next night, Jazz are in Philly. And we get, we get to talk to Rudy because we found, we heard these comments after Rudy had already talked that night. Best, best game of the year, by the way, the game in Philly. Yeah. Well, and we'll get to that. Yeah. Well, first of all, we, we talked to Quinn Snyder pregame and we're like, what do you think about that? And he kind of gives this like sideways smile and he's like, well, you know, if they're mad about who Rudy's guarding, that's kind of my call. So you can be mad at me if you want to. And also like, it's not about one-on-one defense. Like it's kind of all interconnected. And like, he's just like, these are the facts. And in many more words, he was like, that's really stupid. Yeah. Not only that, but like we've seen, we saw three times last year, Minnesota beat the jazz. And a big reason why is because cat was on the perimeter, bringing Rudy out to the perimeter and giving the, and then giving Minnesota a layup line because he's not there protecting the rim. And like, so obviously Quinn watched film, developed the game plan and it worked. And you know what? Seems like Minnesota's also telling on themselves if cat can't get buckets on Boyan Bogdanovich. Yeah. Like why, why, why did, why did cat not get 45? Right. If he's, if he's getting guarded by, awful, terrible defender, Boyan Bogdanovich. Why is he not hitting seven threes? Seems to me the game plan worked. It absolutely did. And like to a T. And then, so we talked to Rudy and he, he had said like, you know, I don't ever take shots at anyone. I just do my job. I come in every night. I think when you're the best in the world at something, people become insecure Totally right. And the fact that he even started that by saying, I never take shots at anyone. And then immediately took shots at everyone. Love Love that. And then we love a petty King. So he says, I never take shots at anyone. So then I say, Hey, Rudy. uh, So Quinn said that he's the one that comes up with the game plan and calls who you're guarding. Would you like to take any shots at him for making you not guard the best players on the floor? And like I said it tongue in cheek, I was laughing. Rudy was laughing. And he was like, 
I told Quinn I'm cool with guarding anyone. I trust the game plan. And when you win by 30 points, your game plan is pretty good. What else What else needs to be said? Stan a king, man. Yeah. And I think, like, it's it's obvious that Rudy is, is not, like, super well-liked in the NBA. I think uh, uh, exhibit A of that was the All-Star game, like, draft last year where he was picked last and, like, you know, KD and LeBron are joking, like, you know, we, none of us, none of us played uh, to play with the, the jazz, jazz and yeah. like, you know, I also think there's a bit of like a, almost like a weird xenophobia in, in the NBA where it's like, Rudy's a Frenchman and he's not, you know, he didn't grow up in America and didn't grow up in like the AAU circuit. And isn't like, isn't one of the boys, like the NBA right. is a big fraternity. And it's like, and, he's not part of it. And he, oh, he's absolutely not a part of it. And I think right. like, even to an extent, Donovan's not a part of it. He's more of a part of it than, than Rudy Gobert is. Right. But I think he has a lot of things uh, working against him, being in Utah, being French. And I think like, you know, Rudy's kind of an, uh, an awkward guy. And, and, and if Rudy, Rudy is incredibly self-aware Rudy, even to the point, like Rudy might, Rudy's probably even like a little insecure. Yeah. You know, and, and that, that takes shape in the way that he plays and the way that he reacts and like, and he said stuff like that before. Yeah. He, like he's, he, he'll talk about things like in the same way that the rest of us do. He's like, all of us are insecure. And it's like, yeah. You know, where like someone else might in the NBA might be talking about how like, oh, I'm confident every night and, you know, I, I'm never doubting myself. Rudy would be like, I doubt myself sometimes, but like we all do. <laughs> yeah. And then I think on, on the other side of things, like when you're the king, when you're the three time defensive player of the year, you're going to get a lot of people throwing stones at you. Yeah. Like you're talking about a bunch of like super competitive men gunning for the top spot not only for like a ring but for personal accolades and of course they're going to try to knock down the guy who has been the the best defender of his generation of this current this current generation of basketball and it's funny because it comes like uh that game came after the pregame comments from the Timberwolves uh head coach Chris Finch and he said, uh, just in the pregame, he was like, yeah, Rudy Gobert is, you know, in a world of his own. And you, yeah. you, there's a lot of elite rim defenders in the league, but, you know, Rudy Gobert is different. And, and then his players are like, nah. <laughs> Probably why you lost by 32 points. Yeah. Speaking of that road trip, though. Beautiful. Beautiful. I mean, we that were talking, we talked about incredible it being incredible road trip the biggest test that the jazz had faced this season. We talked about, you know, it being a tough road because they were in Cleveland against a young hungry team, three, seven footers without Hassan Whiteside playing, which makes it difficult against three, seven footers. Mm -hmm. They win that game. They go to Minnesota. Uh, it was below blow freezing, door, blow the doors off the Timberwolves. And then they've got, that's a tough back to back going from Minneapolis to Philadelphia. That's rough. And and they blew the doors off the 76ers. Yeah. And then they turn around. They've got three games in four nights, Minnesota, Philly, uh, Wizards, and they blow the doors off the Wizards. I mean, to be fair, the Wizards to didn't have Kyle Kuzma. 
<laughs> that is true. They did not have the coos. <laughs> Do you know what rhymes with coos? Lose. <laughs> Which is exactly what the wizards did. Uh, some of your best stuff here. <laughs> Just firing on all cylinders right now. Yeah. It is 9.21 p.m. on a Tuesday and I am cooking. <laughs> and and we'd also talked about how the Jazz, like up to that point before the road trip, they didn't really have like a signature win on the season. I think uh, combined, the combination of that back-to-back in Minneapolis and Philadelphia, that has been like their best sequence their best their best oh, wins yeah. of the season and i think especially because like going into that game in philly that was the first game that the sixers had, had in a long time where they didn't have guys on the injury list mm-hmm. or they like fully out, healthy they weren't out for covid reasons and like listen joel Embiid was tired he hasn't played basketball in a long time he was gassed by the end of the first quarter he's also recovering from covid right so i'm gonna give him a, a bit of leeway but that's the thing is like when the jazz are doing that kind of unfocused thing that they were to like start the season, maybe they don't take advantage of that, but it was like, as soon as Joel was kind of leaning over, putting his hands on his knees, jazz pick and just, roll, pick yeah. and roll, pick and roll, pick and, and they, roll all day. And it's wild to see. I've never in my life seen Rudy Gobert absolutely kick the out of Joel Embiid. Same thing with Hassan Whiteside. Yeah. I mean, Hassan Whiteside, and Rudy Gobert combined for 31 and 31 in that game. Yeah. That is, that's incredible. Yeah. And they, like, they, they, they set the tone. And, and one thing that I don't think that the national pundits and even us on this podcast have talked nearly enough about, and that is Rudy Gobert's motor. Yeah. He never stops. And he is in absolutely incredible shape he's one of the few guys that's like on a regular basis playing like whether it's 72 game season 82 game season he's like 71 games 81 games like he he plays all season long he's incredibly durable he's in great shape and for a guy that big to be that durable is really impressive yeah and 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 all of that and he plays as hard and effectively in the fourth quarter as he does in the first quarter. Sometimes even more effectively. I've said it before. His free throw percentage is better in the fourth quarter than it is in any other quarter in the game. And it's been that way for years, which makes the hack of go bear thing not make sense at all. Please somebody tell these coaches to read a stat sheet. No, don't tell them to. (laughs) We love it. Yeah, but it's just, it's, it's incredible to be seven, two, and I don't know, two sixty, two seventy, however big he is. He's a, he's an enormous man. Seven, nine wingspan. Yeah. And to be able to just go and go and he absolutely, he just, he just wore down Joel Embiid. It was like watching the, the, the second Tyson Fury, Deontay Wilder fight, you know, and Fury comes in at 270 pounds and just spends the entire fight just leaning on Wilder. And by the the latter rounds, Wilder's so tired he can't even move and he gets knocked out. Right. And and a reference that I totally get. You love boxing. Do love boxing. Classic Sarah loves boxing. <laughs> that was really him. impressive what they did on the road. And they they really just they beat the hell out of four straight playoff teams. The Cavs are the fourth seed in the East right now. 
Yeah. And again, I know we talked about this in the last pod, but I love that they started off that road trip to, to go four and but to start it off with a game where they won it on a defensive possession mm-hmm. was such a nice kickoff for them. And I think it, it, it obviously inspired a ton of confidence and it just seems like they kind of, they've kind of just snowballed. They're playing their basket basketball of the year. They seem to have gotten past like the, the selfish isolation, my shot, your shot kind of basketball. They're moving the ball. They're, they're rebounding. They're defending They're you know, they're getting deflections. I've got uh, a Don- nice piece coming out about Donovan Mitchell's improved defensive metrics coming up. Yeah. And you can say the same thing about Jordan Clarkson, the effort, absolutely. the effort is there. I know you wrote, you wrote a column about that too, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. I, the Jordan Clarkson um, having 12 of the 26 games this season where he's averaged three or more assists in every game. Yeah. Like it's, he's uh, guys are guys are blitzing him and he's breaking it down. And now he's part of the lob threat. He's like taking it out of Joe Ingles bag. Yeah. It's uh it's a new wrinkle and we love it. And, and if there are two players, kind of two more of the un, more unheralded players. I'd like to on add one. Team. Yes. Un, un, we need to Hassan Whiteside. Incredible. The what a pickup. The upgrade. I mean, we've talked about this before. It's not shade on Derek Favors. We love Derek Favors. One of my all time, if not my favorite jazz man of all time. Hassan Whiteside on a vet minimum for a backup with Gobert to play in that system and for him to come in and be completely okay with that role, completely okay with not getting post-up touches. Uh, It just has worked out great. And yeah, there are plays where he looks confused. There are times where you get the, you know, quote unquote Hassan Whiteside experience, but more often than not, He's been absolutely incredible a third of the way into the season. Yeah, I can't agree more. Another thing that has me excited too, the new wrinkle the Jazz's offense has with Hassan Whiteside. Because Hassan Whiteside is not a better offensive player than Rudy Gobert. However, he is more polished. He's, it's more finesse. Yeah. Um, and one thing that Hassan Whiteside can do that Rudy hasn't been able to yet in his career, I'm not saying he can, I'm just saying it hasn't happened yet. Hassan can make small ball lineups pay. Yes. When you, you, cause you can dump the ball into him and he can like, you know, do a drop step or a dunk or do his little like Al Jefferson push shot. Rudy Gobert is not there. I don't know if he ever will, will be there. He doesn't have that polish. He doesn't necessarily like, that's not, that's not who Rudy he's more Gobert of a cleanup is. guy. Yeah. Which is, which is huge. Especially I think we might see it uh, tomorrow against the Clippers, you know, when they go small, it's going to be really interesting to see how they use the both of them and like what Quinn actually does, because I think yeah. you're right. I mean, we, and we've talked about this before. It, it's not the small ball lineup. It's not about Rudy's defense. Rudy's defense playing against small ball is good. It's great. It's great. He's, he's a fabulous perimeter defender. Yes, he is. I mean, he's like very possibly the jazz's best perimeter defender. <laughs> he might just be, I mean, yeah. And he might be the Jazz's best defensive player of all time. In fact, not even might be. He is. He's yeah. the best defensive player to ever don a Jazz jersey. He's incredible. The problem on the small ball is exactly what we're talking about. Jazz not punishing them on offense when they go small. 
mm-hmm. and like being able to deal with the switch. And so if you're going to use Hassan Whiteside and like he's going to be able to get in there and actually punish them because he has a little bit more finesse on that side of the ball, that's what interesting. Maybe they don't have to go small. Maybe they don't have to use Rudy Gate five. Maybe that's a, you know a contingency plan. Yeah, I'm very interested in that game. Speaking of Rudy Gay, hat doffed. Doffing hats around. Yeah, I mean, like, everybody is playing well right now. Mike Conley's playing at an incredible level. He's a, f- a, a few free throws away from a 50-40-90 season right now. He's been we were, awesome. We were all Donovan- worried about whether or not, you know, getting rid of George Niang, you were going to be able to replicate his shooting because he was a great three-point shooter. Well, guess what? Rudy Gay's shooting better percentage than George Niang did last year. Yeah. And even, even in games where Rudy Gay is or George Niang is shooting this year in Philly, one of those. Yeah. I don't know. Who cares? Yeah. He's also like better defensively, more athletic, better looking, (laughs) but even in games where Rudy Gay, you know, isn't necessarily shooting the ball. Great. He's had games where he's been one for six and, you know, like has struggled. It's simply the gravity and the respect that he commands that opens up so many other things yeah. For the Jazz offense, it allows Jordan Clarkson to penetrate and get easy buckets at the rim. It allows for pick and rolls. It allows for Joe Ingles to to run the pick and roll with Rudy Gobert or Hassan Whiteside. Like there are so many avenues that just having Rudy or Rudy Gay on the floor opens. He's been fabulous and has been such a great pickup. And the other guy that I have to give kudos to who does, he's just, he's, he is the jazz's lunch pail guy. And that is Royce O'Neal. Yeah. Royce O'Neal does everything. Yes, he does. You you need him to hit a big, a big shot. He'll do that for you. You need him to guard the, the other team's best player, whether he's a five or a one. Sure. No complaints. I'm going to do that. You, the, the jazz are struggling, um, boxing defenders out and getting rebounds. Who's the guy who ups his rebound percentage? Royce O'Neal. Royce O'Neal. Cannot say enough good things about him. Every single team in the league would take Royce O'Neal on their team. Especially at his contract. It is insane that the jazz got him. Uh, Unbelievable. He's such He's so valuable. Like he's not a, he's not an all-star, you know, and he's not, he's not anywhere near that caliber of player, but he's a three, like he, he kind of gets slotted into that three and D player. Right. But he's so much more than just that. Yeah, definitely. Like he's, he like teams need a guy willing to do the dirty work. That's who Royce O'Neal is. Yeah. And he was, he, he's been so instrumental to the success of this team, especially this year. He was fabulous on this road trip. He guards everyone. He guards Bradley Beal. He guards. He was on cat. Ga- yeah. He guards cat. He guards Gafford, you know, guards Darius Garland. Like there are very few players with the defensive versatility of Royce O'Neal. Uh, and I just, I just love the guy. Stocking our caps. Yeah. Whole team's been great, but I, I just had to give some shout outs to some guys who haven't necessarily garnered the shout outs they deserve. We'll give two more shout outs. Uh, one to a player, one to a listener. Uh, first shout out goes to Trent Forrest. He made a three pointer. Look, at, I saw that. Look at you. 
watching games. (laughs) And then maybe more importantly, we got an email. Remember, remember we, uh, we told people, Hey man, if you, if you leave us a five-star review, send us an email, we'll send you something. We have listeners. People listen to the show. Shout out to Mike. Hi, Mike. Hi, Mike. We love you. And Mike, uh, he loves you because he's the one that left this review back in October. I didn't know I needed Greg's sense of humor around my jazz fandom, but I do need it so much. <laughs> we're going to send Greg, we're going to send Mike something. Yeah. I, I don't know what that is, but I don't, I don't know. What, Mike, like, I don't know what it is either. DM us. I'm going to send him. I'm going to send him something. I'm going to send him something jazzy. <laughs> Mike, keep listening. We love you, man. We love you, man. Thanks a lot. Also, he made a funny joke about him being a lawyer and not wanting to use ESQ in his name because it was douchey. So we, we, <laughs> we appreciate, we appreciate the humor. We appreciate the email. We appreciate the listen and the five-star review. And you know what? That's going to do it for us today. And if you want to be like Mike. <laughs> I want to be like Mike. Rate, review. School, my first year. (laughs) Rate, review, subscribe, download, do all the things. Leave us a five star review. I'm not joking, guys. If you leave us a five star review and you send us an email and like screenshot of your review, and also like, please don't lie about that honor system here. I'm gonna send you something. I'm gonna send you something. Thank you always for listening. You can follow Greg at Dad Sham Dad. You can follow me at NBA Sarah, and we will talk to you next time. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. (laughs) Happy holidays to you. Pause. What's what's your deal? Colin's penis is broken. (laughs) We'll put that in the bloopers. No, I'm just joking. (laughs) Colin, I tell you something I learned when I get clap in Russia. Can you hear Greg? You just pour vodka on me. He said, I'm trying to do this in my best imitation. He said, Colin, I tell you something I learn in Russia. When, when I, I get, get when I get I, clap in Russia, you just pour vodka on it. <laughs> it burned very badly, it also cure infection. Burn very badly, cure infection. In the urethra? In the urethra? Yes, we put it. It's like a. It's like when you pour washer fluid into car. It's like it's like when you when you pour washer fluid into car. <laughs> <laughs> All right, some of this is going into the bloopers. <laughs> uh, but the good news, I don't care if his penis is broken. He can't get me pregnant. That's what's important hey. here. <laughs> Sucks to suck, sperm. <laughs> I don't, what is sex? I'm, I'm an online leftist and I don't know what sex is. That is true. You're a woke bigot. You don't have sex. <laughs> um, where are we? Uh...